श्री गौरी वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जाय परंतराज श्रीमद भागवत की जाय प्रेम नंदे भो हरिभो सो गुड इवनिंग एवरीवन गुड टू बी विथ यू वी आर कंटिन्यूइंग आवर डिस्कशन फ्रॉम श्रीमद भागवतम द सेक्शन दैट इज बीन रेफर्ड टू एज द चतुर श्लोकी चतुर मींस फोर एंड श्लोक मींस verse so the four verses these are sometimes described as the nutshell verses the, the so the, the the essential verses of the bhagavatam shri chaitanya dev has said through the pen of krishna's kaviraj goswami that the entirety of the bhagavatam is found in these uh, four shlokas and these are the four we haven't come to the four actually we we're in the introductory section but um, these are the four that chaitanya mahaprabhu identified as the chatur shloki as i mentioned in one of the earlier classes other commentators in in this previous to chaitanya mahaprabhu's appearance appearance in his lineage have identified some other verses from the third canto also krishna speaking to brahma third canto perhaps chapter Seven or nine, uh, and if you study those, I, I should give you a more clear reference to them. But uh, there's some rationale for that. But uh, these four are much more compelling, and um, so we're in the midst of their discussion. As I mentioned, Chaitanya Dev discussed them at some length in Banaras, great seat of learning in India. but the depth of the learning is somewhat limited in one sense it said if you want to die then go to kasi kasi is another name for banaras an older name there are all the burning cremation ghats are along the bank of the uh is it the ganges hmm ganges right yeah uh i've never been to banaras so one of the one of the few places i haven't been but if you want to die you should go there i'm not ready for that yet <laughs> so uh and there's an eternal if you will fire there incidentally that that from those coals then every fire that is ignited for the cremation hmm, before the ashes are poured into the ganges comes from those coals from that but so always always going so very extraordinary place a seat of learning and it, and the learning is largely focused on the fact that we have to die <laughs> the lesson of that <clears throat> and uh, an emphasis on the the temporary nature of of the world and so forth um and therefore a kind of knowledge and wisdom that fosters a retiring largely from from any kind of um uh, vivacious participation in the world <laughs> um uh Chaitanya Mahaprabhu danced through uh Banaras singing in kirtan uh and as a sanyasi and a young a sanyasi is a, of course a renunciate and a young one at that he was only um at the time in his uh, mid mid 20s and sanyas was generally something that was taken an order that was adopted 
uh, more around the age of 50, and uh, when even the 50, 60, 70, when the, the instruments for participating in the world, the senses are somewhat dulled and uh, uh, making that more difficult than the wisdom of the folly of that, of course, is perhaps a little easier to put in place if you've been cultivating it to some extent throughout your life. Otherwise, it's shoe polish and, you know, to turn the gray hairs black or whatever may be the case that people become preoccupied with. So um, here he came dancing through Benares with his kirtan uh, and... uh, he seemed to be a very much a participant in the world, if you will. And the, the sannyasis thought, what is he doing, singing and dancing um, in this way, in the streets, making merry? Hmm? You should be studying Vedanta and the fact that there's not a lot to be merry about here. On the surface, it looks like... Um, like an appetizing and so forth, but if you look inside, uh, attachment, as the Gita says, to uh, the sense objects is the womb uh, from which suffering is born. Hmm? So if we're to be detached from sense objects, then we're going to be somewhat inactive. Uh, If we're active in pursuit of enduring happiness in relation to things that don't endure, that's not a very good policy. So, um, he was out of place, it it seemed, there. And uh, the leader of the sannyasins, Prakashananda Saraswati, was said to have some 60,000 sannyasi disciples himself, um, nonetheless took note of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who had been, for that matter, causing a bit of a ripple throughout the subcontinent of India with his brand of uh, religious um, fanaticism or somewhat of a departure, it would appear, from the norm in Bengal. The uh, uh, followers of the Varnashram system, they took uh, much objection to his uh, kirtans into the night that disturbed their sleep and so forth and thought Krishna's name is sacred. It shouldn't be said out loud, otherwise it will lose its power and uh, so forth. And wherever he met, went, and he traveled to some extent uh, throughout India, he met with some opposition and misunderstanding and um, and with with considerable conversion as well. Hmm? And he left it to his followers for the most part, Shirup Sanatana Goswami in particular, to articulate, to write about what he was about hmm? so that there'd be some philosophical and theological foundation to um, su- support his uh, uh, behavior, his ecstasy, really, and to uh, uh, support that would demonstrate that that uh, it was actually well founded in terms of the statements found in Revelation and um, and good reasoning about that uh, revelation. 
but in Benares, he spoke philosophy to, uh, probably to a larger extent than we find him speaking anywhere other than to Rup Sanat and his own kind of commanders, his right and left arm, commanders-in-chief of his his um, uh, new uh, lineage. And, and on the Saraswati course was a very learned person. He, he also spoke at some length to Sarvabhoma about the Charya, who was also very learned. Sarvabhoma was in Jagannath Puri. Uh, he hailed originally from Bengal and from the same area of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and was friends with his uh, father's uh, father, hmm. his grandfather. Um, but he was a logician and, and, and a Dwayton and uh, very famous. Uh, he can be found even, I think he's mentioned, as I've said on other occasions, in Encyclopedia Britannica as the, as the foremost logician of India. At that time they had a school called Nabunyaya, the new new logic. Nyaya means logic. Nyaya is one of the systems, the darshans, or the, the philosophy, the, 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 the ways of seeing the world and knowing that was a competitor with with karma mimamsa, with Vedanta, with Vaisheshika, and the Sankhya philosophy, the yoga philosophy, another of uh, Patanjali and so forth. So there was a Navanyaya that was popular and uh, this... Uh, uh, Sarvabhuma was quite a, a champion of that and uh, and, a, and a Vedantin uh, as well, uh, using, that means to say that Vedanta imp- imp- does uh, draw from the Nyaya and these other systems and leaves some things out and so, uh, so forth, but uh, there's some, I want to say, overlapping between these, uh, what were the prominent philosophies of the time. This would be the case today also, of course, in prominent philosophical uh, thinking. Um, so he did uh, speak to some extent to Sarvabhoma about the charja and uh, to a greater extent uh, to um, Prakasana the Saraswati, although in fact he converted both of them um, not by speaking but characteristically as he did uh, really everyone in his, uh, prominent persons who were conversions, uh, who were converted in, in his presence, if you will, um, his methodology was his character rather than his precept, his example. And uh, he converted Sarvabhauma by being silent and created therein a teachable moment that the learned Sarvabhoma, having exhausted all of his own teaching, which Chaitanya Dev agreed to um, um, uh, uh, be schooled in, Chaitanya Dev had come from Puri with a few of his mad associates singing and dancing and swooning and falling on the ground in the chanting of Krishna Nam. And when he entered into the Jagannath temple, he fell in a trance of ecstasy. And Sarvabhoma was learned enough to understand that this was a very extraordinary state of spiritual uh, consciousness. Sometimes Western scholars, as I've mentioned before, who study Chaitanya Mahaprabhu with, from a different lens and a, a very different uh, worldview, 
uh, readily, of course, dismissed the miracles as tales that uh, later followers have uh, embellished and, and so forth, and relegated his ecstasy to most likely a fits of epilepsy, hmm? which, as I like to mention, is not contagious, uh, like the ecstasy rather than the epilepsy that we found in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? Seeing the ecstasy of Chaitanya Dev, he told the guards of the temple who were thinking to beat Chaitanya Mahaprabhu because he had just laid down in the temple and was rolling around. That's not how you behave in front of the god, uh, if you will, for the most part. So uh, he um, had them back off, and then he took Chaitanya Dev to his house. He was only 25 at that time, and uh, nurtured him. And when he came to external consciousness, he was very fond of him, very attracted to him. And, and uh, he thought he's a young sannyasin, at 25, uh, this is very uncommon to take sannyas at such an early age, and he's very, he's very beautiful, hmm? and uh, so many good qualities are very desirable from the worldly point of view. Youth, of course, is one of the most desirable uh, commodities, hmm? and it's it's uh, this this truth has not escaped those who have depicted Krishna as an eternal. God, Krishna as an eternal adolescence. Hmm? We would go a step further to say that they experienced him as eternal adolescence. If he wanted to take among the many uh, desirable um, things of the world, youth being one of them and a prominent one, and and combine them all together, hmm? uh, they experienced the Godhead to be like that, and so describe them as best as words can as an eternal adolescent with the complexion of sham, the aesthetic, uh, the, the color that conforms, excuse me, with with the uh, with romantic love, and so so very uh, uh, Artfully, I want to say, they they uh, tried to express their experience that transcends words and thought and uh, and so forth. In essence, they wanted to say that the nature of ultimate reality is that it is reciprocal. Hmm? It's not uh, eternal quietude in its fullest expression, but there are reciprocal dealings there. Hmm? There's a unity. That, that, that affords some quietude from the noise of this world, the noise of the mind and the hard uh, work that uh, it, uh, it, it, it fosters, uh, slaving as we, as we do under, under the influence of... Um, it's always busy with its chatter of what we should do next and how we should improve things and take care of ourselves and... And who are who are already taken care of? <laughs> we're eternal. There's no. There's no. There's no. Uh, we're, tra- we're, tra- we're we're troubled by the force of the mind and the senses, trying to be what we already are. In many respects, we want to be pleasured. We want to be secure. We want to be virtuous. We are by nature virtuous. By nature we are secure. By our very nature we are um, joyous. Such it, anandam. 
But that Satchitananda that the self is constituted of is very anu, very, very small. And if that ananda of the self that we're really driven to pursue in the world um, unknowingly, hmm, having invested ourselves to one extent or another in material objects, those material objects take on meaning, value, and pleasure for us because we're in them. Hmm? But it is us, the consciousness that gives meaning to them, that gives value to them, makes them pleasurable. That's why my thing is more, more pleasurable than your thing, unless I've identified with you to some extent as mine as well, and your things uh, as mine, and I'm in them. I've extended myself subjectively in, into them. Uh, so I'm an, the object, we, I should say, ourselves, are the object of, of love, of joy, of ananda. Hmm? But if we pursue the joy of the self, hmm, in the fullest measure, the teaching, of course, of Sri Chaitanya Devi is that the self is pleasurable, is an object of love, uh, because it has a source. Hmm? And that source is, is the Godhead described as Sri Krishna. And in bhakti, then, there's the possibility of that joyous self, if you will, a uh, minute uh, particle of joy, interfacing in reciprocal dealings that we call love. Love is measured, I would say, on a scale of reciprocal dealings. And after a while, you're together, and he's not listening, she's not listening, and it doesn't have the same kind of charm when you're really interested in what the other felt and thought and, and so forth. Of course, if it matures, then even in ordinary material life, it does take that into consideration deeply and becomes rich. And, and that's very much possible when two together are pursuing something more the something more that we are about, that spiritual life speaks of. But anyway, objectless love is one thing, or ananda. Hmm? If I'm a glowing unit of, of love, of, of, ananda, of joy, that is one thing. But if I can be in touch with a significant consciousness other that, is, that, is, that I can reciprocate with, hmm? uh, that means there's, a, there's an object. It's a consciousness object, if you will, not a material object. And its nature is joyful hmm, as well. Uh, and in a, in a big sense, this is the idea, Akhila Rasamrita Sindhu, Akhila Rasamrita Murti. He is the, 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 the very form of aesthetic rapture and, and reciprocal possibilities hmm, in, in, in love. This is how the Brahman is described in the Vedanta of Sri Chaitanya. So there's some nuance there, a wave, hmm? not just an ocean, but in any way, what is an ocean without waves? Hmm? <laughs> That's the point. An ocean, hmm? but with waves in it. The waves do not uh, compromise the, the, the ocean. They are augmented in some ways. They they make it for a, uh, well, it's more fun to go to the beach <laughs> when there are waves, when there's not waves, something like that. So there are waves in transcendence. We call it bhakti vritti. Hmm? Well, in Yoga Siddhanta, we want chitta vritti nirodha. 
to to Nirod, excuse me, to bring an end to the vrittis in the citta, the waves, the the the, the con- mental constructs derived from my it, I, uh, the minds being absorbed in things that are moving here today and gone tomorrow and so forth. This is causing vrittis disturbances really uh, in, in the mind. So it's one thing to do away with them. Hmm? and have a quiet, peaceful pond, uh, serene, and uh, and so forth. Uh, but there's another thing to throw a stone in the pond and let it ripple concentrically uh, and move and and so forth. So this idea of Chaitanya Dev's bhakti, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> bhakti siddhanta, bhakti ideal, <coughs> is Vedanta, so it has this head of Vedanta that sees the wisdom as to the futility of trying to um, in, in, in enjoy the world. Hmm? Uh, that again is the is the attachment to that pursuit is the womb from which suffering is born. But that that there that there but that there is no love hmm? that he could not live with, hmm? and that love would be merely the the foregoing of, of taking, hmm? and the giving of that idea alone, hmm? was not uh, something that was very compelling to him. Hmm? <coughs> he thought that the giving should be more. <laughs> There's more to the giving, and engaging in that giving, one would have more to give, hmm? as well. So a form of bhakti vedanta ahead. Of Vedanta with the heart, hmm? uh, as well, and so hmm? by his example of singing and dancing and his ecstasy, he he converted uh, uh, very important people in India, and in, this was his example, his character for the for the Bhattacharya As I said, he was silent. He sat silently. He humbly decided. Yes, I, I could learn from him. Why not? Sarvabhoma wanted to teach him because he was a young lad and he thought he's a beautiful sannyasi, a beautiful man. Hmm? Young and charming and learned. Hmm? He was nicknamed Nimai Pandit. He had a reputation for uh, having a way with knowledge. Hmm? When the pundits, uh, Navadvip from where he hailed, was a place of, uh, of learning to the, to, the, to the extent that Pundits would come there and test the metal of their learning because if they could succeed in debate in Navadvip, then they had really succeeded. Hmm? And so this kind of it's kind of a sport, punditing, <laughs> we call it. Uh, and uh, so, so the, when the case of Kashmiri, for example, came to Navadvip. And the scholars of Nadia, elder uh, persons and all, they all <laughs> decided to be out of town on that day because they didn't want to be defeated by someone from out of town. And <clears throat> they knew at the same time that Nimai Pandit, the boy, would certainly encounter uh, Keshav Kashmiri because of his reputation. And they thought, well, he, if he's defeated, we could say, well, only you had defeated a boy in our town. It's unfortunate we weren't there on the day. Hmm? And of course, if Nidai Pandit would succeed, 
and defeat the Kesh of Kashmiri, then what would be the glory of Navdweep in their eyes <clears throat> in terms of scholarship? Nitai, Nimai, I should say, Nimai Pandit, of course, he defeated the scholar and in a beautiful way. Hmm? Not in the way that they would have been defeated them if they would have at all, but in a very comprehensive way. He converted him to bhakti. Hmm? Uh, uh, he, 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 he gave him a vision of his own divinity. Hmm? He caused Saraswati, the goddess of learning, to appear in his dream and tell him, that boy is not an ordinary boy, that's why he defeated you. Hmm? The case of Kashmiri, he recited the praise of the Ganges. Nimai Pandit was sitting on the Ganges with his friends, playing in the Ganga, and the Pandit came, and they paid respect to the Pandit. Hmm? And Nimai said, Please, Panditji, recite some glorification of the Ganga for us. So he he spoke a hundred verses in glorification of the Ganga without a pause. He composed them on the spot hmm? and spoke them like the flowing of the Ganga herself. Hmm? What an a, a example of scholarship was very extraordinary. And Nimai Pandit and the, bo- and the boys who were his classmates and so forth heard from him and he said, that was extraordinary how you've done that. Hmm? And then he said, but in the ver- 64th verse, what? You could count my verses and you could remember? And then he recited the 64th verse. He said, you said this, which was meant to be an ornament, but actually if we had studied the grammar properly and alliteration and, and, what, and so forth... It was a fault because of this. And it should have been, uh, this is what I was thinking. What do you think? <laughs> and, of course, the case of Kashmiri passed out practically. <laughs> what? <laughs> and then he went home and he thought, he went to his, where he was staying. And I thought, how could, I be, how could the goddess of learning, Saraswati, who is my deity, that I worship that I might be a big pundit, hmm, allow me to be defeated by a mere boy? And again, she peered him in a dream and said, that's not a mere boy. I, I'm his servant. Hmm? He makes knowledge look small because it is small, hmm? actually. Hmm? And bhakti, love, that is a big thing. Hmm? He is the embodiment of that, and that will come out in due course and so forth. Hmm? Uh, so this is the way he converted uh, the, uh, the, uh, the case of Kashmir with regard to Sarbhum Bhattacharya. But the, he said... The Bhattacharya wants to teach me because I, he, Bhattacharya said, well, he's a young sannyasi, he's come here. He could be carried away by the waves of the world and that would be unbecoming. Hmm? It's difficult for an old fellow that's passed through his household life, for example, a, a sannyasin and, and, foregone, and, and, and had family and so, so done with these things and so forth. It's difficult for that person also, man or woman give up the partner for a higher cause if, if circumstance should call for it and so forth. But at least they had time to experience the world and so forth. For a young young boy of 24, 25, hmm, as he thought he needed, Sarabhama thought, I need to strengthen him in logic and Vedanta that he might not be carried away by the waves of the world. This he thought, even though he had seen, seen him fall into a trance. Hmm, um, and so he wanted to school him. Oh, Chaitanya Dev's associates who had accompanied him, those other madmen, they said, what is this? 
You want to school him, you don't know who he is. Hmm? What, will you, what will you teach him? He is Bhagwan himself. But the charter was very learned. He said, well, a lot of people think their friends are God. And, you know, some guy in a local village is, is an avatar. You know, I'm not so ready to be convinced by your sentiments and so forth. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu told them, his friends, his associates, don't, what, what, why do you say like this? He wants to teach me something. I can always learn. Hmm? In bhakti, of course, this is true. Hmm? One is a student, as Pujapachita Maharshi used to like to say, forever. Such is the nature of the school. One sitting on the veranda hmm, with Puja Padshita Marsh, many devotees, uh, a small number, uh, were, were, were gathered <clears throat> of our stock to hear him in his uh, just last years, 90% blind, hmm, sitting on the veranda in, in, his, in his temple in Navadvip, speaking Harikata, and after his talk, one of the devotees said, Guru Marsh, we are stunned by what you have said. We are stunned. He said, stoned? You've been sto- stoned? And they laughed. And they said, uh, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, petrified, he said. Stoned? You mean petrified? Uh, and then they said, "No, no, we mean we're full. We, 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 we've it, what you said. We're filled up. Hmm? It has, it has, just our minds are blown, is what they said. We're filled up. He said, filled up, complete. Is it possible? <laughs> I cannot say that. But my experience is, is complete. I, I don't think it is possible. So." <clears throat> Chaitanya Dev said, yes, I can learn. Hmm? Let me sit at the feet of Saraloma. And Saraloma pontificated and spoke Vedanta and so forth. And he was quiet for seven days. He heard the res- recital. But his silence, no comments, no questions, it, it, it caused some doubt to come in Saraloma. <clears throat> what is he thinking? Hmm? And as his days would go on, he would try to come on more until he gave all that he had to impress the young lad and so forth. And, and the lad didn't seem uh, impressed, neither was he offensive or anything. Huh? And so this caused some doubt in the Sarvabhoma of his own knowledge and uh, the gravity of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's silence. And so he asked him, can you well, say something? What do you think? And so this created, like I say, a teachable moment. And then he gave some teaching course. But it was the silence that really created the moment that converted him. And when we come now to Banares, with Prakashananda it was his humility. Hmm? The sannyas amongst the jnanis in the school of knowledge is different than the sannyas in bhakti. Hmm? The sannyas in the bhakti school is rather artificial, really. Sannyas is a, is a limb of the body of of the Gyanmarg, hmm? sannyas, it means sannyas, to give up everything, hmm? to give up the karma, to give up the prescribed duties that uh, corresponded with the different varnas, the different classes of persons which were determined, was determined by their psychophysiological makeup. 
according to the Varnashram system, uh, someone with a particular psychological and physiological makeup would have certain uh, prescribed duties to perform, and this would keep them materially in balance and create a balance in the in the social order. <coughs> was the idea. And so the jnanis, they give up those activities, participation in that at a certain point, as knowledge comes within. Knowledge as to the futility, as I say, of action, however well thought out, however materially um, fruitful and balanced and so forth, it, it cannot satisfy the self. It, it, it doesn't touch the self. Varnashram doesn't touch the self. Hmm? So... <clears throat> When one takes sannyas, he reaches the end of the, this whole Varnashram system. He's, he's considered to be liberated. And without any sense of nuance within liberation, where there are these reciprocal dealings, the sannyasin, the atman, would think, I have become the paramatman. Hmm? And um, so uh, it, it, uh, it, it, it didn't, didn't foster a huge amount of uh, humility at it seems, and, and, and learning itself does distinguish. If you have knowledge, it tends to, you can see, oh, I'm different. He doesn't understand. <laughs> I say, hmm, he doesn't get it. Oh, okay. Um, it, it does that. Hmm. Not necessarily a bad thing, but to harness that in such a way is, is important. Because it can foster a kind of uh, a pridefulness that is is, uh, is is not helpful for us spiritually. So, at any rate, the, in the bhakti school, this is much more difficult if you understand bhakti for that to take place. In the gyan school, well, it's a little easier for that to take place, and um, it's a little easier for anger also to to manifest. As Shiva is the example who burned Cupid to death when Cupid tried to entice him course, then Cupid just became invisible, not to death, but to ashes, but he just became invisible and became more, more, more capable of his shooting his arrows and, and, and so on and so forth. So the, anyway, Gyan Marg, Bhakti Marg, there's some, some different, there's some similarities and some difference. And the, the sannyasis and Banaris were in the, the Gyan Marg and they preoccupied themselves with study of the Vedanta. And here's this Chaitanya dancing and singing and so forth. Hmm? And so they they called him, Prakasanda said, call that sannyasi here. We, we should, he should come and we should ask him, what, what's with this singing and dancing? This isn't the activity of a sannyasi. Hmm? And, um, and so when Chaitanya Dev did come, he sat at the door where the sannyasi's uh, feet would be washed before coming into the temple. There was a, a system, of course, of washing your feet before coming into the temple temple or the assembly place. And, and so Chaitanya sat there and would wash the feet of the sannyasis as they were coming in. But the, he, he showed, he, 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 he at the same time glowed, if you will, and and to such, a, to such an extent that, that the Prakasananda thought the very light of Brahman that I... Uh, I'm identified with is is his aura. Hmm? Who is this person? What is this sannyasin? 
what is his Vedanta and so forth. And so by his humility, really, and even his avoidance, because he was invited several times and he avoided their company. Hmm? And uh, finally, really for the sake of his own devotees, who were disturbed by the way in which he was being characterized by the learned persons in, in Banaras, he said, all right, so I'll, I'll go there then. Hmm? Not that he needed to accomplish anything. Anyway, so they were... They, were, they saw his humility and they were humbled. Hmm? Why do you sit there? Hmm? Come, you're a, you are a, you're a sannyasin, you can come. They say, what are and, uh, and What is your understanding of Vedanta? So they became a little humbled and, and there he spoke. And he spoke these verses of Bhagavatam <laughs> to make a long story long, <laughs> short story long, <laughs> short story long. And he made, he spoke these four verses of Bhagavatam. This is the Chattushloki of Bhagavatam. This, the whole essence of Bhagavatam can be understood here. And these verses demonstrate how the Bhagavat, which is the hub around which all the sacred texts should orbit, he said, hmm? how all of the statements of the Shruti and the Smriti and so forth, they all are divided into three categories, Sambandha, Abhideya, and Prayojana. So Brahma here, who is who a- is asking some questions that give rise to these answers that constitute the Chatur Sloki. Hmm? He's had the darshan of Krishna, hmm? and he's asking about it first. The first question we went through in the second and the third the first question he asked, what is the nature of your form that I'm experiencing now? Hmm? It appears, you have a transcendental form, but this appears to be an ordinary form, although it's actually super transcendental. We call it aprakrita. He has a form of forearms that is a hoksaja, which means it's overtly different and otherworldly. Adhoksaja, it's transcendent. Hmm? This is the plane of Vaikuntam, hmm? where there's reverential love and there's some distance between the jiva, atma and paramatma, where there's, a, there, there's the worshipper, the object of worship, and then there's worship. Hmm? Om Narayana. Hmm? And he has four arms. And Krishna was appearing before him in two, with two hands, dvibhuja, hmm? two arms, human-like, that youthful adolescent and so forth. He said, this is very extraordinary. It looks ordinary, but it's not. I just saw you change from a forearm form to a two-arm form. It's the same. You're, this is very extraordinary. Please explain this, this about this form to me. Hmm? We call it aprakrita. Prakrita means like mundane material. It looks like it, but aprakrita. It looks like it, but it's not. Such as this Golok Lila, the, the Madhurya Lila, the sweet Lilas of, 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 of Krishna, they look ordinary, but they're not. Hmm? This is where that wave in the ocean of Ananda is a, is, is a tidal wave. It's not like the wave that you were turned over by. Even a small wave of bhakti can turn everything on its head. But... This is a big wave, a tidal wave, a tsunami, hmm? and turns everything upside down. Bhagavan starts to be look like he's dependent on somebody else, equal to somebody else in friendship, dependent on someone else, like in like in uh, parental love. Hmm? Uh, 
concerned. Does she love me? Hmm? She loves me. She loves me not. Uh, as he is in relation to Radha and, and that uh, nuance of romantic love and so forth. So, Brahma wants to know about these things. Hmm? This form is very extraordinary. That is called Aprakriti Leela. Hmm? It's big. And I've explained this before. Brahman, that ideal of the Gyanans, for example, where there's to identify with which is, is it constitutes a, 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 an eternal and enduring peace, quietude, um, security, hmm? the joy, the relief of, 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 of knowing that I exist. There's no struggle for existence. Hmm? Um, and there's no, no differences that cause that struggle. Hmm? Um, this is accommodating, uh, spacious. We, we don't have an accommodating existence materially. There's not a lot of, uh, no matter how much space we have, materially speaking, Materially speaking, means we're, we're, we're experiencing the world through the mind and senses. There's never enough room, hmm? never quite enough room through that lens. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's never enough things in it either, enough furniture. Uh, so, in Brahman, whoa, it's big and accommodating in that sense. But the measure of affection there is is. Is, we could say is is limited in re, in comparison to the conception of Vaikuntha, where there's a wave now in this ocean, and there's there's reciprocal dealings, and it starts to look smaller, because now there's forms again, and now there are differences. There's love for Ram, there's love for Krishna, there's love for Narayan, hmm? and they may even argue about it. Hmm? It starts to look like the material world again. Oh, problematic! This must just be a a cultural filter or something like that we we may think but this is a this is a this is another kind of bias hmm? that's very charming actually hmm? and um, very becoming and it, much of what love constitutes love is, is really it's a bias hmm? in, in 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 a sense it's it's a fault a fault uh, so we fall in love, but but it, but it, it's so it has the capacity to turn faults it's into ornaments. If I love you, your faults become ornaments. Hmm? So, Baikuntam starts to look smaller than this in, undifferentiated Brahman. There are many different religious systems, all speaking about something that's ineffable. Let them all just end in quietude. Because they're all only what one part of the elephant, something like that. This is, of course, you know, kind of one form of what might be called, has been called in more modern times, perennial perennialism. It's a nice idea. There's an underlying spiritual reality that everybody can only talk about so much, and when you get there, all that talk's finished and it's quiet, and so all paths are fine. They all lead to the same place, and. And there's nothing going on there, but it's, but it's, but it's extraordinary, nonetheless, and so forth. This is a this is a little bit of 
a different idea. In Buddhism, it's something like, hmm, you know, nirvana. There's, there's, there's no, uh, there's no room. In Advaita Vedanta, there's a room, but the lights are out, <laughs> so you can't see the. And then in Bhakti, they turn the lights on in the room. And there, there is a room, and there are things. There's something going on in that room, and it's, and there's interaction, there's movement, hmm? but it's different than the movement of this world. It's a, a movement that's based on unity, further unity, a deeper unity. Hmm? Hmm? Um, <clears throat> Again, I've characterized it uh, by the phrases that it's one thing to love to exist; it's another thing to exist to exist to love. Hmm? So you can love to exist, eternal quietude, hmm? but to exist to love is going to require some movement. Hmm? So there's a there's a there's there is the philosophical I want to say possibility hmm? that that unity and 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 a, or a, a static reality. I mean that in a positive sense, a static still. Uh, Reality, a, a, a unity that that uh, that does away with the diversity that's problematic created by my mind and my senses and so forth. That static reality, if if explored, subjective reality deeply becomes dynamic. Hmm? The unity fosters a diversity that doesn't compromise the unity, hmm? this idea of bhakti. And then, of course, you have to talk about it in, in some ways, and it starts to sound like a smaller... But, but if you study what's being talked about, it's actually bigger. Vaikuntha becomes bigger. That adhoksaja place becomes bigger than Brahman, more accommodating, because why? Hmm? It starts to sound smaller when you talk. There are forms and names, but... But what you're really talking about is affection. And affection and love require some specificity. Hmm? The more vague the concept, <laughs> the object of love, the less the capacity to, to love it and reciprocate with it. So there's specificity. Hmm? And there's affection. There's movement. What is the meaning of affection without movement, without another? Hmm? But an extraordinary other, if you will. And then if we go from Baikuntam, Adhoksaja, to Golokam, to Aprakrita, there the Leela is full. So that, what is the measure of the affection there? There, there is no object of worship, no worshiper, and no worship, inasmuch as the three have merged, hmm, as they do in love. We don't think, I love my my. I worship my partner. I love my partner. There's a unity. That they, 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 uh, love in Golok, they think the God it is ours. Hmm? And he's not God. Hmm? They're so identified with that uh, Param Brahman, the form of, uh, as they experience it, the form of Sri Krishna. There's no separate, there's no object. He's not the object of worship. They're not the worshippers, and they're not doing worship. The, 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 the Prabhupada used to like to use the term spontaneity. There's a spontaneity. Hmm? 
It's like if you stub your foot, you go, ouch. You don't go, my foot has been stubbed. It feels painful. Pain is being relayed from my foot to my brain. I should say something, ouch. No, your your foot is you. Hmm? Ouch. It's just, So this identification is something like that. Hmm? But his happiness is my happiness. So this is the extraordinary idea of Vedanta that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to uh, speak about, and this is what he began to speak about, in very philosophical terms to this jnani, Prakashananda um, Saraswati. Uh, so he spoke about how the sacred texts are divided into these three uh, categories of Sambandha, Abhide, and Prayojan. And the Sambandha, Brahma asked about hmm, here, hmm, he asked, part, at first, what is the nature of your form? Hmm? This kind of Sambandha Gyan, this kind of knowledge we're interested in, what is the nature of the form of Bhagwan? Hmm? It's not that we are not interested in knowledge, knowledge that is, that is concomitant to and part of Bhakti, like love has some knowledge uh, uh, within it. Essential knowledge. So, Brahma wanted to know, what is the nature of your form? This is Sambandha Gyan. Hmm? T- tell me about that. Explain that to me. And then he said, and, and, and I see that by, you have a form and you have shakti energy. You are the, like, a, like, a, like the energetic and you have energy. And by your energies you do things. Hmm? I'm I'm the big kind of manager of the world, and what I see is that that that, that there's initial manifestation of the world that I then seek to harness. It seems to be my service, and bring it in some other shape. And you are the source of that original manifestation, and you, you make it manifest without changing your own position. Like a spider, he gave an example, that weaves a web that comes out of him and then whoop, can draw it back in. Hmm? The spider manifests it and remains the spider walking on the web. Hmm? But he's not caught in the web. Hmm? So it's are like that. Hmm? You have shaktis and they seem to interact and they're you and they're... seems like they're not you at the same time. Uh, can you talk about that? That's the idea. Hmm? And you have you as you manifest the material world, you manifest before me, and you're coming from somewhere else. You're not coming from the material world, so you have a you have movement there. What is the nature of that movement, Leela? So he inquired in two verses about further about Sambanda, that how the Shaktis of Bhagawan interact with him and with one another and so forth. Hmm? Uh, what is the relationship? Samanda means relationship, literally. The relationship between Brahman and the world and uh, the, the Maya Shakti and the Jiva Shakti and the Jivas and Maya and the Jivas and Bhagwan and so on. And, 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 and what is the nature of Leela and the love world? You come So he's inquired there about the, the prayojan, the goal. Hmm? So he's asked about two of the categories that all the sacred texts are thought to be um, are, are fall into. 
one category or the other. Sambandha, Prayojan, and the third is Abhideya. So we come to that tonight, Abhideya Tattva. Hmm? And he asks a question that will give rise to Krishna speaking about Abhideya Tattva. Hmm? First he'll speak about Sambandha hmm? in two verses, then he'll speak about Prayojan, and then he'll speak about Abhideya, answering Brahma's questions in the order in which he has uh, presented them. Hmm? So he says, Bhagavat Chikeshita Maham Karabanihi Atandritaha Nehamana Prajasaragam Padhyayam Yaranugrahat. Please, he said, Krishna, tell me so that I may be taught in the matter by your instruction and may thus act instrumentally to generate living entities without being conditioned by such activities. Hmm? So this is the work of Brahma, the work that Brahma has, hmm? this work with regard to the kind of secondary um, organization of the world as it's thought hmm? in, the, in the cosmology of, of the Bhagavatam, hmm? which, is, which is an interesting topic. But um, So he wants to know how I will carry out my service. How I? What, what shall I? Tell me about what he wants to say is how I can. I have this service from you. How shall I do it? How shall I execute it? So the ex, So give me an orientation hmm, to the nature of your form and your shaktis and about where you're from, from come from, the goal where I would like to go, and what I should do now. Hmm? And he wants to know how he should do it now in such a way that it won't be distracted from what he's just experienced, even though it's worldly to some extent. Hmm? Um, now, when Krishna will answer, of course, he'll give a, a more comprehensive answer on the nature of Abhideya Tattva, which is ultimately bhakti. Hmm? The answer is, of course, you will do bhakti. This is how you will conduct yourself. And, and you will do bhakti even in regard to your worldly uh, preoccupations hmm? as uh, as well as otherworldly uh, preoccupation to make loving union with me and so forth ultimately and attain the ideal you will do it in such a way in consideration of course you'll explain this of your present uh, position in the world and the task that is before you. This is very nicely explained in Brahma Samhita where this same affair is described. Brahma is hearing from Krishna and so forth and he, and he glorifies him beautifully there. He asks what he shall do, how he shall carry out his work in such a way that he won't be implicated. How he could be in the world as much as he has to, not be of it so to speak. And ultimately he he, he wants to end up in a relationship with Krishna. So he, he, he kind of says that further here, and I'll speak, uh, cite the last verse of his verses that preface Krishna's speaking, which will come next, um, which is kind of a wish that he gives. Tell me how I can carry out my the service to you who are my guru appearing before me in this, in this way. 
successfully, and, and, and I asked this benediction of you. So he, he glorified him first, and then he began to ask him questions. Hmm? He stated really his own position here, and now he's going to ask a benediction as well. Hmm? And he says, it's very nice, he says that, Yavat Sakya, Yavat Sakha Sakyur Iveshate Krita Pajabhisarge Vibrajami Bojanam Aviklavaste Parikarmanistito Mame Sanunanda Sanunadha Mado Jamanina O my Lord, the unborn. You have shaken hands with me just as a friend does with a friend. It was earlier when he appeared and gave him darshan. He shook hands with him. He touched his hand. Hmm? Reached out to him like my friend. Like that. Hello. It's been a long time. <laughs> Something. You've been meditating for 10,000 years on me. I know everything about that. I'm so glad to see you. You did that f- to find me. Mm-hmm. I'm here. <laughs> like this. Very, very friendly. It's it an intimacy. Hmm? He said, you, you, this is how you dealt with me. Uh, as a friend. As if equals. Hmm? I shall be engaged now in the creation of different types of forms and bodies and so forth as is my task and uh, manifesting them and I shall be thereby occupied uh, in some measure in your service. Uh, my request is shall I please not be uh, uh, distracted by that from you? Hmm? And, and I pray that may all of this important work that I have as it's thought not give rise to any pride as if I were God myself, as a as a creator, a, a god of of sorts. Hmm? This is his request. So Vishwana Chakravarti Thakur has commented, and Prabhupada has done as well. Brahma very clearly wants to have a relationship with Krishna in friendship. Hmm? This is, you see, Brahma is paradigmatically speaking uh, a, a person that it typifies or exemplifies. Um, the 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 position of uh, karma mishra bhakti. He has devotion to the Lord, but he has some material desires that uh, uh, he's mixing in there at the same time. But from another point of view, in the Bhagavatam here, in this particular Brahma, which is a post that a jiva can attain. Hmm, uh, speaks of an aspiration for a, for attaining a, a a a perfection in in loving relationship in rasa with Krishna in friendship, hmm? and he says so. He's he's saying I I want to attain that and I I want to do what I have to do now in such a way that I won't get distracted, but it will foster that, and and I ask you please that how shall I do that? And in the context of doing that, I, I ask you, please, don't let me become proud and so forth. So this is a request. Krishna will speak next. And of course, we know that um, Krishna instructs him well and so forth, um, and that he fulfills Brahma's 
request that he not become proud and that he attain a relationship with him in friendship. Krishna is appearing now in, in his two-handed form in Gopavesh, dressed as a Gopa, hmm? and dealing him with, him with him as if equal, which is the basis of Sakyarasa, this friendly rapport. Friendship is most perfectly uh, expressed between equals. So in Krishna Leela, we find these friends of Krishna, that they're, they, they think, who are you? We're equals. Hmm? And they, they, they wrestle with one another, and sometimes they beat Krishna and so forth. And they have this, sometimes Krishna serves them, sometimes they serve Krishna. This is Sakyarasa. Hmm? And Krishna is God, so this is very extraordinary, uh, is the point. But uh, this is Brahma's aspiration. Hmm? He's seen Krishna in Gopavesh. But Krishna, it, although he's dressed as a Gopa, he's at the same time holding the, the, the Gyan Mudra of knowledge, and he's giving him wisdom. Hmm? Like he would speak, for example, to Arjun and in and, 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 and Bhagavad Gita, and it's kind of not like friendly talk. He's speaking very, you know, this is, this is wisdom here, and they should do like this, and not like that, and so forth. So, so of course, what happens is Brahma goes into his work of creation and so forth. Krishna instructs him how he can do that in such a way that that basically that that you may think that, that you're doing this uh, for me and and so it becomes a kind of bhakti, just like you're carrying out the Guru's orders. He wants you to do this, and you do, and you're thinking of it just like you might take care of your body, which would be material, but you're taking care of it because. It's a body that I've gotten from my guru now, having received the mantra from him, uh, and that's animating me, and and so I want to take care of that. Hmm? It's not that I am this body, but I have now this body of a sadhaka, which is different, and so I want to, I want to take care of it. So I'm, I can be attentive to all the bodily necessities in a way that I don't get implicated in them and vanity and uh, lose sight of the fact that I'm, I'm not the, the body. Hmm? Indeed, I can turn the body into something that I, that I am, hmm? that I can be in, in being all that I can be, hmm? which is quite an extraordinary uh, thing for a lump of flesh, if you will. This is a, anyway, so, so what happened, of course, in due course of time for this particular Brahma, as the Bhagavatam plays itself out over cantos and cantos and chapters and chapters is that Brahma does get the darshan of Krishna again and he's in his cowherd Leela but he's not, as I said earlier he's not standing with a gyan mudra he's got a lump of yogurt and rice and fruit in his left hand and he's eating it on a picnic with his friends and he's putting some in their mouth and they're saying, that tastes good and they said, here, taste some of mine and putting it in his mouth, and this is not very cultured, and uh, maybe children will be like that. And this child has caused this commotion, as he did in the in the in the leela, and the gods are all concerned. And Brahma comes in and uh, says, "What's going on? Who is this guy?" And he looks like my guru there, but my guru doesn't quite act like this. Well, you know, uh, and so uh, Krishna's arranging this, of course, to really to fulfill the request of Brahma here, that I might not become overwhelmed by pride, and then I might know you as a friend. Hmm? He brings him into his, into the, into, into his Sakya Rasa, Sakya Rasa Lila. Hmm? 
they were herding calves. This is a Christian just beginning to 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 uh, play out his dharma as a cowherder, herding calves, and 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 coward uh, youths are with him, and Brahma comes in and. Uh, this is a very nice lila, the killing of Agasura. It covers over like three chapters. And so much tattva, so much philosophy comes out in the context of the, of the narrative. Uh, Brahma gets a huge lesson here. Who is that form of Krishna? How it is Swayam Bhagavan, the source of Narayan and so forth? And, and, he, and he enters right into the midst of this, this very prominent manifestation of Sakyarasa. This is the manifestation of Sakyarasa that our Gurudev Prabhupada left the world in the midst of his contemplation of. He was writing on this chapter, these chapters of Bhagavatam hmm? in Vrindavan. He was really dictating and he, and he never stopped the dictation of his Bhaktivedanta purport even in, 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 his, in, in the months that just were leading to his passing from the world. I came and saw him in May uh, at his request, and he was quite uh, ill in Vrindavan. He had stopped all travels there, and somewhat, I thought, emaciated. Then again, I, then he, again in September, hmm? and so much emaciated he was. How he was living, I couldn't understand it. He was living on this, the Bhagavat Lila, and he was translating this uh, this section of the Bhagavatam, Brahma hmm? Mohan Lila. Hmm? It was in the midst of this that he left the world hmm? Hmm. in Sakyarasa. And Brahma was invited into this. Hmm? He, how, you, how you will enter into Sakyarasa? Hmm? You have to get the association of the Sakas. This is the house. Hmm? who have this kind of extraordinary seva attitude. Hmm? They are the examples of that that the devotee is to follow. Hmm? You have to get that kind of association. So he had Krishna's association. That was not enough. Hmm? That's why the devotee is more than God. Hmm? <laughs> devotee can give Prem Bhakti. Krishna can give you his devotee. Devotee can give Prem And by Prem Bhakti you can get Krishna. Therefore Krishna says emphatically always, my devotee. Those who say they are my devotee, they're not my devotee. Those who say they're the devotee of my devotee, they're my devotees. Hmm? So he brought Brahma hmm, into the circle of his Sakyarasa. Hmm? There he saw Subal, Subal, Sridam, Stoka Krishna, Vasudam, Kinkini, all these friends, Bharutapa, hmm? So many friends of Krishna, so all intimately associated, so beautiful and charming themselves that to uh, the, uh, the, the the urge to follow in the wake of that possibility. What was Sakiras? He had some sense. He wanted that. What is it about? How does it work? It's audacious to think. I want to have a relationship with you as like friends, like equals. Hmm? You've made me think this is possible. How will you do that? You need an example. This is what they do. The devotees in the Leela, they, they provide. 
They are the lead, they are the bhav that we want. And it is this bhav that comes to us then through Guru Parampara. Hmm? Through the Guru, that bhava that will come that that possibility will come to us. We will follow in the wake of that. Hmm? Brahma was invited into the circle. Hmm? He's kind of like on the outside of the circle, trying to figure it out and so forth. Hmm? And Krishna caused him to cause some mischief to to, to kind of test what is this? He wasn't understanding, and it, it's not easy to understand. Hmm? Rag bhakti is very difficult to understand. Hmm? And Brahma was so accustomed to rules and regulations and vidhi. He's a, his name is, another name is vidhi, the personification of rules and how to do things right. And this is crossing over all the rules as, as, as love will do. You know, love, where there are rules, there is no love. Where there is love, there are no rules. Hmm? That is Vrindavan. Hmm? So he yeah, he 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 thought, what is going? What is this about? <laughs> he could not understand. So he, he, by his own power, some material power, he made arrangement hmm, for some of the calves. He stole some of the calf, the calf, the calf, all of the calves, and all the cowherds. He didn't actually steal the cowherds and the calves and hide them in a cave. Hmm? He wanted to do that, and Krishna caused a facsimile of them to manifest that he could take. Just like Ravana said, he never really stole Sita. Hmm? That's not possible. Hmm? For material power hmm? that Ravana exemplifies in Ramlila, the, the Maya Shakti, to take precedence over that Bhakti Shakti, that's impossible. That Shakti is so powerful that it dispels the darkness of Maya and overwhelms Bhagwan, hmm? making like him like a plaything in the hands of his devotees. Hmm? So a, a, a facsimile of, of Sita was manifest by Ram. Hmm? And this was, she was stolen, and Hanuman and everybody in, went after, and so the Leela was performed and so forth. Hmm? So a facsimile of the cowherds and the calves was, was, was manifest. Brahma stole them. They appeared to disappear, hid them in a cave. He wanted to see what, what would happen and so forth. And what happened was very extraordinary. <laughs> He got so enlightened. What is the, he, he understood Krishna, Swayam Bhagavan, hmm? the source of Narayan, my source, and so forth. And uh, this Sakyaras is very extraordinary. He saw how much Krishna loved those boys. Hmm? Because he saw that when, he did, when all the boys seemed to have been s- s- stolen away and disappeared, they remained there. He said, I thought I just stole them. I, and he went to check in the cave. Yeah, they're in there. And I got a rock on it. They, they can't get out. And they're under a sleep now that, that I've put on them. And they, they're there. He went back and checked. And they're here. And they're there. What's going on? Hmm? So Krishna had manifested all these ca- himself as all the cowherds and all the calves. Hmm? And he so well replicated them that their own mothers... And the, and, and the cows couldn't tell the difference. He knew their hearts so well. He loved them so comprehensively. This is what love is about. You know and fully identify with the, with the, the, the object of your love, his or her heart becomes your heart. Hmm? So he saw, he saw how much he loved them. Hmm? What, 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 what's the nature of that? 
And this is what I wanted. Oh my goodness. It's over my head. I wanted something that's just way beyond me. But I still want it. <laughs> so I still want it, but wow, it's just way beyond me. So he took a step, had to take a step back, understand Krishna's reality, and hmm. well, Krishna arranged that he would not become prideful. Hmm? You understand? He made a big, this is what he asked, right? Hmm? I want to be your friend. Okay, well, this is how you do it. Hmm? And you don't want to be full of pride, be swayed by any pride because of your big position? Well, I, I, I'll make an arrangement that you will not be proud. <laughs> because when Krishna, then Brahma saw, that, wait a minute, I thought I stole all these boys and they're still here. Then Krishna said, just see. Without saying anything, he said, just see. I am those boys. I am them cal those calves. And who am I? And all the calves and cows, calves and boys, uh, turned into Narayans. Hmm? who says to be the source of the universe, who the universe has come out like the pores of his body, it's spoken poetically. So, and then universes came out of them. And each of them had Brahmas in them. Some of them had foreheads, some of them had ten heads. Some had, he, he, he saw like the multiverse and all this coming from the boy Krishna. And, and, and then it all disappeared. And he was just holding that fruit and yogurt in his hand again with his friends. So he was like just such Aishwarya, such manifestation of power and godliness. He, 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 there was no question of him being proud of his prowess and capacity. So his, Krishna fulfilled his desire. And of course, you can't take this pride into Sakirasa. You can't go there with your shoes on. Mm -hmm. No. Mahaprabhu said it like this. Trinadapi sunichena, torodapi sahishnuna, amanino manadena, kirtaniya sadahari. You have to go humbly, hmm? more humble than the blade of grass, more tolerant than the tree, offering all respect to others, expecting no honor for yourself. This, if you can become this flexible, hmm? then there's some possibility that you may enter into land that is so flexible that every movement is ecstasy. Hmm? All the walking is dancing, all the talking is singing. And again, what must be the dancing and what must be the singing? in that place. That is Golok. That is Dvipam Tamaham Golokam Itiyam. In Brahma Samhita, Brahma said, as it opened before him and he saw it, this is, this is very rare hmm, to attain this Bhajeshweta Dvipam Tamaham Golokam Itiyam. Any question? must be late now. What time? Is it? Yes? Before you render Satchidananda as protection, joyfulness, and? Security, uh, joy, uh, and sat, chit, chit. Uh, I want to say... Security is chit? What did I say? Uh, Security is is is, is sought. Chit is 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 knowing. Uh, ananda is love. Such it Ananda. Hmm? Well, I don't know what I said. <laughs> Forgive me, but it's taped, so you can play it back. Hmm? Yeah. Uh, I have one small question. Yeah. 
Yes. You said the effect, the boys and the calves. But Brahma didn't really take them. How could he? Because of who they are. But you said a facsimile of them. Like a Maya? Like a Maya-sita. Like Maya-sita, Maya boys. Yeah, yeah. Krishna. And, the, the, and then Krishna became the ones that went to the, went back home. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty complex, huh? <laughs> what, what happened to the original boys? <laughs> they became unmanifest. Ah. I guess he just took them into his heart completely and then manifested himself as them. I mean, what can be said about such things? Jai Grantaraj Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai Gaur Gopal Ki Jai Gaur Premanandir